Talk podcast, your host and conductor, Andy Smith. City to city, state to state, across the state, across the globe. That's right, it is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. The conductor picking up passengers along the way. Interviews, sports-related news, and also outside the box. Unsports-related. That's right, it's a new time, it's a new season. Yours truly, Anthony Smith. A-Train Sports Talk podcast. And that show is getting ready to get started. Let's get this train on the track. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And I'm telling you right now, where I'm at, it is hot. I am in Wichita, Kansas, to those of you who may be listening in other parts of the world. And let me just give you my disclaimer. I used to hear people make reference too hot and hell and people would say it is hot as hell outside well I discovered there was a town in Michigan named hell literally spelled H-E-L-L so what I did for thrill fun of it I would post on Facebook I would say, y'all, today is hot as hell outside. And I would post the temperature in Hell, Michigan. And the temperature where I'm at here is Wichita, Kansas. And I would say, y'all don't believe me, here's the proof. Anyway, I hope that made you laugh. But we are progressing on as we take a look at the upcoming college football season and I've had fun on this journey because we've looked at coaches on the hot seat, coaches whose seat may be getting a little bit warm. We even graded out some of the coaching hires. But there are some programs, some story programs, who has had a level of success. But now we flip forward and there are some schools that are under pressure to win now. So there's win now pressure building at these five former football factories. We're going to take a look at them. If expectation is the root of all heartache, it's no wonder why dog fans of many traditional powerhouses across the college football landscape have been down in the dumps in recent years. Story programs that have enjoyed long stretches of success in the past have set a high bar for their current iterations, but a growing number of them have fallen short of those lofty standards. So here are five such programs heading into the 2023 season, how they got here, what stands in their way, and how close they might be to a return to glory. Miami. From 1983 through 2003, the Hurricanes had 12 seasons in which they won a conference title and or a national title. They haven't done either since. After four straight 10-win seasons that 
ended that stretch, Miami has managed only one such campaign since Mark Rick led them to a 10-3 mark in 2017. This once proud program has gone from dominant force to national afterthought, currently riding a four-game losing streak in bowl games. Mario Cristobal's return as head coach began in 2022 with a 5-7 record and a fifth-place finish in the 17th ACC Coastal. It's hard to point out much that Cristobal's team did particularly well last season as the Canes finished in the bottom half of the conference in points per game 23.6 and yards per game 376.1 on offense as well as yards allowed 376.5 and points allowed 26.8 per game on defense. Help is on the way, though, in the form of a 2023 recruiting class that 24-7 sports ranked 7th best in the ACC. There will also be new coordinators on both sides of the ball as Cristobal looks to improve all of those paltry numbers from last season. A bounce-back campaign from quarterback Tyler Van Dyke would also be welcome as a signal caller who was getting first-round billing in preseason mock drafts for 2023, struggled to live up to the hype while also dealing with injuries. Miami has plenty of work to do if it wants to challenge Clemson and or resurgent rival Florida State for a spot in the ACC title game. Texas. Every time we think they might be back, the Longhorns find a new way to prove otherwise. Since the loss to Alabama in the national title game ended their undefeated run in 2009, the Hook'em faithful have experienced only one 10-win season. Tom Herman's squad capped off that 2018 run with a Sugar Bowl win, but that's been the pinnacle for a program that enjoyed nine consecutive seasons with 10 wins or more under Mac Brown. The Longhorns are on their third head coach since Brown's departure following the 2013 season, have endured four losing seasons over that stretch, and are without a Big 12 title since 2009. The arrow appears to be pointing up for Texas heading into the 2023 season, though thanks in large part to a quarterback room that features a pair of number one overall recruits in the returning Quinn Ewers and the arriving Arch Manning. Replacing B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson in the backfield, as well as defensive mainstays like DeMar Beyond, Overshone, and Keandre Coburn won't be easy, but big play wide receiver Xavier Worthy should help. As their move to the SEC looms, the Longhorns are a popular favorite to bring the Big 12 title back to Austin before jumping ship along with rival Oklahoma. Beat the Sooners 42-0 bodes well for Texas' near future projections. If the QBs can live up to the height, the Horns just might pull it off. Texas A&M. When the Aggies broke the bank to lure head coach Jimbo Fisher away from Florida State prior to the 2018 season, it's a good bet they weren't expecting to head into the sixth season the Fisher era without so much as an SEC title game appearance to show for it. Fisher's tenure hit a new low last season with a 5-7 record, the Aggies' first losing season since Mike Sherman's crew back in 2009. 
and vying for a last place finish in the SEC at 2-6 with Auburn and Gulp. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. There have been high points, a 9-1 record and a number 4 finish in the polls back in 2020. But the Aggies are paying Fisher way more than they did Kevin Sumlin, and they're not getting better results. Texas A&M hasn't had a 10-win season since Sumlin went 11-2 in his first season at the helm, and that 2012 campaign still stands as the program's only 10-win season since 1998. There is more than enough talent to turn this around in College Station this year, thanks to four straight years of top 10 recruiting classes prior to 2023, headlined by 2022's top-ranked group. Bobby Petrino has arrived to take over the offense, which should help a unit that finished in the bottom three in the SEC in both yards, 360.9 and points, 22.8 per game last season. But it takes more than just talent to build a consistent winner, especially in the loaded SEC West. Fisher and company still face an uphill battle and will need to overachieve to challenge the likes of Alabama and LSU for their first conference title in 25 years. Florida. The recent theme for the Gators, get a new head coach, start strong, fade away, rinse, repeat. Florida won the SEC East in each of Jim McElwain's first two seasons at the helm, but he was out halfway through his third season after a 3-4 start that turned into a 4-7 finish under interim coach Randy Shannon. Dan Mullen's first two seasons as the head man in Gainesville were both 10-win campaigns, but he went 8-4 in 2020 and was ousted after going 5-6 the following season. Bill Napier's tenure began last season with the same 6-7 record from 2021, which might be a positive divergence from that trend if only because it gives the Gators plenty of room for improvement moving forward. It was a roller coaster year that featured some positive signs. 17-point win over Texas a and close losses to ranked opponents Tennessee, LSU, and rival Florida State but ended with an embarrassing 30-3 loss to Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. The rest of the SEC will be playing for second place behind back-to-back national champion Georgia for the foreseeable future, but the Gators should at least be able to show some progress this season by getting on the right side of 500. Replacing star quarterback Anthony Richardson will be the biggest challenge on offense. Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz is the likely successor, and a defense that's returned to just four starters will also be breaking in a new coordinator. A top 15 recruiting class should help reload the talent on the roster, and outside of Tennessee, it should be a wide open race for the second tier of that side of the conference. If they can weather the personnel changes on both sides of the ball, Napier's Gators could get this train back on the tracks. Nebraska Bo Pelini never won fewer than nine games in any of his seven seasons leading the Cornhuskers, but since his firing in 2014, Nebraska has won nine games only once. That was 2016 when Mike Riley led them to a 9-4 record. That was also the last time this story program experienced a winning season or a trip to a bowl game. Scott Frost's highly anticipated homecoming was nothing short of a disaster as the former Husker quarterback was fired three games into his fifth season. 
leaving with an overall record of 16-31 and and winning just 10 games against conference opponents. Enter Matt Rule, who met a similar fate five games into his third season as head coach of the Carolina Panthers, ending his first NFL stint with a record of 11-27. That might not excite Nebraska's loyal fan base, but Rule got the attention of pro teams because of his success rebuilding multiple college teams. He took Temple from a 2-10, marking his first season to back-to-back 10-win seasons before leaving to Baylor, where he went from 1-11 in year one to 11-3, and a trip to the Sugar Bowl just two seasons later. Rule's presence has already had a positive impact on the recruiting trail as the Huskers landed a top 25 class in 2023 despite averaging 3.8 wins per year over the past six seasons. Much like Rule's first season at Temple and Baylor, Nebraska might not be much to look at in 2023, but that track record suggests he should have them moving up the ranks sooner than later. So with that being said, there is so much more to come, even as we take a look at the top 25 What I'm going to do right now is I am going to take a break on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, so don't you go nowhere. I will be right back. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P Seed and Babe, is fully stocked for all your pet needs. We carry Victor, Bully Max, Diamond Value Pack, and many more brands. In addition, we carry collars, chains, and any pet supplies you may need including grooming supplies and dog shots. Make sure to like us on social media. Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast as now we take a look at the top 25 college football. Starting, of course, with number one, Georgia. There's a new king, or should we say, top dog in college football. For most of Nick Saban's tenure at Alabama, the path to a national championship has gone through Tuscaloosa. But after the past two years, a changing of the guard has officially taken place. College football's path to the title now runs through Athens. Thanks to head coach Kirby Smart's relentless pursuit of perfection and work in stockpiling blue-chip talent at every position, the Bulldogs have claimed back-to-back championships and are positioned for a rare third title in a row in 23. The roster and coaching staff have experienced their sharp turnover, but Georgia's schedule is favorable and the aforementioned talent will grow up as the season progresses. Outside of the November 18 road date at Tennessee, the Bulldogs are likely to be favored by double digits in their other 11 regular season contests. Former offensive coordinator Todd Monken played a key role in Georgia's rise in recent years as he helped to modernize the offense to blend the power rushing attack with a robust and explosive passing game. However, Monken departed to the NFL this offseason. And instead of going outside the building for a replacement, Smart simply promoted former coordinator and Georgia quarterback Mike Bobo to the role. 
Bobo isn't expected to tweet too much, but his first order of business is to sort out a quarterback competition that went unresolved in the spring. Carson Beck worked as the backup to Stetson Bennett, the fourth, and impressed in limited action last year. He's likely to begin 23 as the number one quarterback. As always in Athens, the Dogs have plenty of talent at running back. The offensive line lost both starting tackles from last fall, but the interior is strong and capable replacements are waiting to step up on the outside. The receiving core was considered the weakest link on last year's championship squad. However, Smart addressed that need by adding a pair of playmakers via transfer. Dominic LeVette, Missouri, and Ra Ra Thomas, Mississippi State, from the portal to team with Lad McConkey and tight end Brock Bowers on the outside. The 22 version of Georgia's defense wasn't quite salty as the 21 unit that limited teams to just 10.2 points per game. However, last year's group still suffocated opponents, limiting them to 14.3 points per contest and allowing only two teams to eclipse 22 points. As one wave of talent exits, Lyman, Jalen Carter, linebacker, Robert Beal Jr., and Nolan Smith, and defensive backs, Keely Ringo, and safety Christopher Smith II, another is ready to emerge. Up front, Mikael Williams is an emerging superstar and the next Georgia defender to create constant havoc in the trenches. Jamon Dumas Johnson and Samil Mundon Jr. are two of the best linebackers in the SEC. Finding running mates for Dumas Johnson and Mundon off the edge is one of Smart's biggest concerns this offseason. Safety Malachi Stark, 68 tackles and two interceptions, is already among the top defensive backs in the nation after a standout freshman season. Add in cornerback Kamari Lassiter and safety Javon Bullard, and it's easy to see why Georgia won't miss a beat in pass coverage despite some personnel turnover on the back end. With a roster loaded with talent and high expectations, fighting complacency is one of Smart's biggest challenges this year. But unless the quarterback situation fails to pan out or the defense has a surprise regression, there doesn't appear to be much that can slow Georgia's path to a third consecutive national championship. Number two, Michigan. After winning back-to-back Big Ten championships, playing in consecutive college football playoffs, Michigan and head coach Jim Harbaugh entered 2023 one goal, the national championship. It's the last piece of hardware that has eluded the Wolverines in Harbaugh's revival of the program. With 13 starters back and rival Ohio State visiting Ann Arbor in late November, the path to the Big Ten title once again runs through Michigan. Quarterback J.J. McCarthy returns after accounting for more than 3,000 yards total in his first year as a starter. Running back Blake Corm is expected to return to full strength after a knee injury ended his 22 season early. And Donovan Edwards is also back to give the Wolverines a dynamic and productive tandem on the ground. A couple of transfer pickups, including center Drake Nugent from Stanford, 
solidify a line that could be the best in college football. Harbaugh's team doesn't have many glaring weaknesses, but the receiving core is one area that needs to develop after the departure of Ronnie Bell. Coordinator Jesse Mentor returns seven starters on defense, including linebacker Junior Colson, safety Rob Moore, and a couple of rising stars in lineman Derek Moore, Kenneth Grant, and Mason Graham, and cornerback Will Johnson. Michigan has lost just one regular season Big Ten game over the past two years. If McCarthy continues to progress and minor concerns in the receiving core and that cornerback were alleviated, Harbaugh would get his shot to win it all and dethrone the SEC from the top spot in college football. Of course, there's the usual number three, Alabama. The Crimson Tide entered 2023 with more question marks than the program has had in recent years. Both sides of the ball feature new coordinators, Tommy Reese on offense and Kevin Steele on defense. The quarterback battle between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson could continue deep into the fall. The defense is also undergoing a major overhaul in the secondary and All-America edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. departed for the NFL. Despite all of those question marks, it's never a good idea to bet against Saban and company. And of course, it doesn't hurt to have a roster filled with blue chip talent on both sides of the ball. The offense should be able to lean on a deep backfield and an emerging line until Milrow or Simpson is ready to is ready under center. And on defense, Dallas Turner should be the next star edge rusher for Saban while All America cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry and five-star freshman Caleb Downs will ease the transition in the secondary. Road games have been a problem for Alabama over the past two years, and the 23 schedule features a couple of obstacles in trips to Auburn and Texas a and Assuming Saban irons out the mental mistake and penalties that plagued this team in 22, the roster talent is there to run the table and set up an epic showdown against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Number four, USC. In just one year on the job, Lincoln Riley has already transformed USC into a CFP contender. The Trojans nearly made the four-team playoffs last season behind Heisman Trophy quarterback Caleb Williams and a dynamic offense capable of scoring every time it touched the ball. But for USC to take the next step, win the Pac-12, and earn a spot in the top four. The defense and coordinator Alex Grinch has to improve. The Trojans struggled against the run and had issues with tackling last season as they allowed 29.2 points per game, 94th nationally. Not all of the issues can be fixed in one offseason, but a handful of transfers, transfer additions have added talent and much-needed depth to all three levels, which should give Riley optimism for an improved defense in 23. And considering the firepower of Williams and USC's loaded cast of skilled talent that includes receivers, Arizona transfer Dorian Singer, Mario Williams, and Brendan Rice, a couple of extra stops per game might be all that's needed to lead this program to its first playoff appearance. A backload schedule that includes road dates at Notre Dame, Oregon, along with home games versus Utah, Washington, and UCLA allows USC time to acclimate on defense and restock an offensive line with a couple of new starters. 
The Pac-12 hasn't had a team make the CFP since 2016, but that drought should end with Williams also making a serious run once again at college football's most prestigious award. Number five, Ohio State. Ohio State's high-powered offense shouldn't miss a beat with Kyle McCord or Devin Brown replacing quarterback C.J. Stroud at the controls of head coach Ryan Day's attack. A loaded backfield and the nation's number one receiving core anchored by Marvin Harrison Jr. certainly helped the new starter at QB, but the Buckeyes also need the offensive line to stabilize after an uneven spring. Even if the offense isn't quite up to its usual standard, an improved defense behind second-year coordinator Jim Knowles will only help Day's team in its quest to end a two-game losing streak to Michigan. So there's the top five of the top 25. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I will give you some more as we look at how the top 25 is shaping up for this preseason college football season right here on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Need a haircut? Do like me. Go to Midtown Barbershop, located at 256 North Topeka. We have two seasoned barbers on staff, Tony and Malcolm. Once again, that's Midtown Barbershop, located 256 North Topeka. Bald haircuts, fades, beard trims, grooming, you name it. You may go in looking like five bucks, but by the time they get through, you'll leave out looking like brand new money. Simply priceless. That's at Midtown Barbershop. Tony and Malcolm. Tell them A-Train sent you. Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, as we're taking a look at the top 25. So we first gave you Georgia coming at number one, Michigan at number two, Alabama at number three, USC at number four, and Ohio State at number five, which leads us to number six, LSU. The Bayou Bengals exceeded all preseason expectations in head coach Brian Kelly's debut last year by beating Alabama and winning the SEC West. And with quarterback Jaden Daniels and a Havoc-producing linebacker in Harold Perkins Jr. returning, the expectations for 23 include a return to the playoff. A young offensive line took its lumps last fall but should rank among the better units in the SEC this season. Also, a standout defense reloaded its secondary throughout through the transfer portal, while the return of Mason Smith from a torn ACL adds a loaded front 
if I can get this right. Owes it, that's right, as a loaded front. The roster concerns are few for Kelly, but LSU's path to a repeat in the West could hinge on a November showdown against the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. Number seven, Florida State. Thanks to a steady rebuild under coach Mike Norvell, the Seminoles appear poised to return to the top of the ACC in 2023. Quarterback and Heisman Trophy candidate Jordan Travis returns to direct an offense that, that averaged 36.1 points per game last season. He's supported by two of the ACC's top playmakers in running back Trey Benson and six foot seven receiver Johnny Wilson, and the offensive line could be the best in the conference. Similar to the offense, the defense has made strides over the past two years and should take another step forward with eight returning starters, including All-American in Jarrett Verse. Number eight, Penn State. With rising stars in quarterback Drew Alar and running back Nicholas Singleton, optimism is running high in Happy Valley for Penn State to break through and make its first trek to the CFP. Singleton's big play ability was on display in a dynamic true freshman campaign last fall, 1,061 yards, and hopes are high for Alar to elevate the passing game with the revamped receiving core, counting on key con contributions from a couple of transfers. Despite some turnover, the Nittany Lions will once again rank among the best in the Big Ten on defense. Two dates loom large for Penn State's 23 playoff hopes, October 21st at Ohio State and November 11th at home against Michigan. Number nine, Washington. Behind first-year head coach Kalen DeBoer and a high-powered offense led by transfer quarterback Michael Penix Jr., Washington was one of the most improved teams in college football last season. After winning 11 games in 2022, the Huskies now have their sights set on a Pac-12 championship with Phoenix and a loaded cast of receivers back this fall. Although scoring points won't be a problem, winning the Pac-12 and contending for a playoff spot will hinge on the defense. Washington allowed nearly 30 points, 29.1 in conference play, and ranked 10th in the Pac-12 and the 111th nationally in pass efficiency defense. Although the Huskies have to play USC on the road November 4, key matchups against Oregon and Utah take place in Seattle. Number 10, Utah. Even though Utah has claimed back-to-back Pac-12 titles, head coach Kyle Whittingham's team might fly a little under the radar this, pre this preseason with USC, Washington, and Oregon garnering most of the attention. But that's just the way Whittingham and company like it as the Utes bring back 13 starters, including one of the Pac-12's top defenses and offensive line. The health of quarterback Cameron Rising looms large for, the for 23 after he suffered a torn ACL in the Rose Bowl against Penn State. He's expected to return to full strength, but any setbacks could be costly with a crowded battle expected atop the Pac-12. Number 11, Texas. Texas is back as a Big 12 title contender. Expectations are high after Steve Sarkeesian's program made 
a three-game jump in wins from 2021 to 8-5 and five in 2022. Texas returns 15 starters to form the most complete team in a wide-open Big 12. A high-profile quarterback battle between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning is likely to go down to the wire. But the winner inherits a loaded receiving core featuring All-American Xavier Worthy along with five starters back up front. So Keesian has to replace running back B. John Robinson and plug a few holes on defense. But this team has the pieces to deliver a breakthrough season. Number 12, Clemson. Dabo Sweeney didn't sit idle this offseason despite the program winning double-digit games for the 12th year in a row in 22. Instead, Sweeney made a bold move to hire TCU's Garrett Riley as the program's new coordinator to revitalize an offense that has grown stale in recent years. Riley's hire is also good news for the development of rising star sophomore quarterback Cade Klubnick and dynamic running back Will Shipley. As usual, defense won't be a problem at Clemson. The Tigers are loaded along the line and at linebacker. If Klubnick develops and answers emerge along the offensive line and receiving core, Swinney's team will be knocking on the door of the playoff once again. Number 13, Oregon. Quarterback Bo Nix's career resurgence in the Pacific Northwest fueled a successful 10-win debut for head coach Dan Lanning. With Nix and a plethora of talented playmakers at his disposal, Oregon has the pieces for another run at the Pac-12 title. However, the Ducks' high-powered offense could be slowed by the development of a line with just one returning starter, Marcus Harper II and a new play caller, Will Stein. The question marks for Lanning continue with his side of the ball after the defense gave up 27.4 points per game last season and lost standouts in cornerback Christian Gonzalez and linebacker Noah Sewell. The schedule is challenging. USC and Oregon State visit Eugene, but the Ducks face Utah and Washington away from Austin Stadium. Number 14, Notre Dame. After an up and down debut as the program's head coach Marcus Freeman also had his share of interesting moments during the offseason. Tommy Reese's departure to Alabama resulted in an extended search for a new play caller, which eventually landed on a promotion for assistant Jared Parker. This will be Parker's first full job as a coordinator, but his transition into the role will be eased by the arrival of Wake Forest transfer Sam Hartman at quarterback, along with a standout pair of bookends at tackle in Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. If Notre Dame can avoid a repeat of 22's puzzling losses to Marshall and Stanford, home dates versus Ohio State and USC provide a path to another push for a playoff spot. Number 15, Tennessee. After posting the school's highest win total 11 since 2001, the next step for head coach Josh Heupel's team is clear. Top of Georgia in the SEC East. Accomplishing that won't be easy considering the recent gap between the programs, but the volunteers clearly are trending in the right direction. Heupel's high-powered offense should easily reload behind Joe Milton, 
the third or true freshman Nico Lamaleva at quarterback. And there are proven weapons to replace Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman at receiver. Tennessee made strides on defense last fall, but the unit is still a work in progress. The November 18 showdown against Georgia on Rocky Top is another chance for Hypo's program to shake up the pecking order in the SEC. Well, what I'm going to do right here is I am going to bring this train into the station. Yes, I know I said top 25, but I will save the rest for another day in time. But I hope you have enjoyed the ride on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Hope you have found this content very informative, getting you ready for the upcoming college football season. And I just want to say thank you to my listening audience out there. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. Until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. God bless. It's the A-Train signing out.